Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. If you would, give your music leader, your youth Sunday school teacher, your uh, speaker for tonight, good hand as Sister Bethany comes to speak to us today. I gotta do this more often so I don't feel like I'm gonna puke every time I do it. (laughs) Oh goodness, it's always awkward starting. Awkward. I don't know. Okay. So stand, and we're going to look up Philippians 4, 5 through 7. Say amen if you got it or if you see it on the screen. Nobody? You don't got eyes? I can't. Somebody say amen. amen. Thank you. There you go. Okay. Philippians 4, 5 through 7 says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Uh, My title today is going to be, That Doesn't Make Sense. (laughs) I'm wondering what picture you would have, so. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't make sense that we would have peace. And that's what we're going to talk about today. All right, I'm going to pray. God, I ask that you would move in this place tonight, God, and I ask that you would bless people, God, and that you would move in our hearts and minds, God, and you would be in this place. God, I ask that you would remove distractions, God, and you would let every word that comes out of my mouth be ordained by you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. So imagine with me just for a second that God has called you to a city that doesn't believe who he is, who he says that he is. But you go anyway because you know that God has a plan and you trust him. But once you get there, and once you get there, you find a woman and she gets a revelation of who Jesus is and her whole family gets baptized. Later you're walking through the city and this random woman just starts screaming at you and yelling at you and making a really big scene and you realize that she has a spirit in her she's a fortune teller and uh god uses you to cast that spirit out of her that's great right but now that the spirit is gone the people who are making money off of her fortune telling business are angry because now they can't make money so they find a way to put you in jail. How would that make you feel? Sad. You would be scared, sad, confused, maybe mad. I would probably be mad. That's usually my first reaction. I'm, I get angry. i got to work on that, but that's usually my first reaction. Well, if you don't know yet already, this is the story of, does anybody already know? Paul and who? Yes, Paul and Silas. This is the story of Paul and Silas, this exact 
Same thing happened to them while ministering in Philippi. I think that's how you say it. And if you recognize the names Paul and Silas, you probably already know what happened next. They, they were in jail, and night came, and they didn't feel down and defeated. Or they may have, but they didn't let it show. And they, instead of crying and feeling sorry for themselves, they began to worship and sing and praise God. And when they did this, there was an earthquake, and it caused their chains to break and the prison doors to open. And the jailer came down scared to death because he was sure that the prisoners got out. And he was about to kill himself because he knew if all the prisoners got out that his boss was going to kill him, so he might as well do it himself. And, but Paul saw that he was going to hurt himself, and he said, no, wait, we're still here. And the jailer was so amazed that he himself also got saved. And God used this whole situation to save even more one person. And his, the jailer and his whole family were also baptized. So why, was Paul, why were Paul and Silas able to not be negative and scared to the point that they would give up after being thrown in jail? Why didn't they just throw in the towel at that point? Why did they keep the faith? The answer to that is in the verses that I read, which not so coincidentally was written by Paul himself. Every situation that arose, they answered with prayer and supplication. And they used praising God for a way to get themselves out of darkness. Prayer and supplication, are, they have simple definitions. Prayer is simply just talking to God. And supplication is asking him earnestly to meet your need. And while they did those two things, they did those two things with a little twist that is also in uh, Philippians 4 and 7. They did those things through thanksgiving. <laughs> Meaning that their prayer wasn't just regular prayer saying, Oh, God, please help me. God, please save me. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Their prayer was filled with thanks, and their supplication was sincere and filled with thanks. They didn't come to God earnestly, or they didn't just come to God and say, help us, please help us. They didn't beg. I think it was, I think it was Brother Josh Herring. I was listening to him preach the other day. And he actually said that when you are in prayer and you beg that you, are, uh, you have the spirit of the devil. Because that is what the devil wants. That's how the devil prays or comes to God with a request. He he begs God, and so if you beg God, you're praying the same way that the devil prays. So that is, I, I didn't know what I was preaching until last night. I have thought about it for the last three weeks, and I have prayed, and I have read, and I had no idea what I was doing. So we're staying in the camper, and Corbin in Texas went to bed, and I went down to our new house so I knew I could pray and not have to worry about waking anybody up. And I was sitting in the floor trying to figure out what I was going to pray or preach. And uh, I caught myself begging. And I was like, wait, mm, no, not going to beg. I don't want to be the devil. 
<laughs> so I, I just said, God, I trust you. And almost immediately, I said, God, I trust you. And I know that you want me to speak tomorrow because even if it's just because Jacob would be in a bind, you want me to speak tomorrow. So give me something. And I opened my Bible to these verses. These, these, actually, I opened my Bible to Philippians, and then these verses came to me, and I had to look up where these verses were, but basically. <laughs> but basically, all I'm saying is when you pray, don't beg. Ask earnestly, but there's a fine line between asking earnestly and begging, because earnestly has the faith behind it that you believe that God's going to do what he wants to do rather than what you want him to do. The reason that Paul and Silas didn't curl up in a ball and think that God had forgotten them, and the reason that they sang praises to God regardless of the circumstances around them was because that they, they had this revelation, and they knew that no matter what life looked like around them, that if they would come to God with prayer and supplication through thanksgiving, through worship, and through praise, and through thankfulness, that God would meet their faithfulness with freedom. And not the freedom to continue to do whatever they wanted, but the freedom to continue to do His will. He knew that once he freed them, that they would walk away and still do what he asked them to do. He knew that they would still do what they needed to do. So he didn't give them freedom because he, they were going to walk away and do whatever they wanted, and they weren't going to waste their lives. They, but he gave them the freedom to have peace and know that God will always deliver them from the enemy as long as they walk with him. The only difference between all of us and Paul and Silas is commitment and willingness to praise God even when we feel like complaining to him instead. Amen. It's okay to complain to God sometimes. Often. It, it, it's important to sit down and cry to God and tell him how much life can hurt. And those moments are when God meets us where we are and he wraps us in his arms and lets us sit in his love. Amen. Those moments are important and that's what you're what you need when you are craving the love of a father. But if you need victory, Amen. you have to worship and give thanks. Yeah. If you want to be delivered from depression, you have to give thanks. If you need to be delivered from anxiety and addictions, you have to worship and thank God for who he is and where you are in your life. If you need God to move, you have to thank him and praise him until you see it happen. Amen. You have to thank him even though it hasn't happened yet. God is omniscient, and what that means is that he knows everything and he sees everything. He can yeah. see into the future. He can see into the past. So it never hurts to go ahead and thank him for something that hasn't even happened yet. Amen. Because he's seen it, and he already knows what he's going to do to fix that situation, whether or not it looks how you think it should look. You have to worship him for who he is and for what he does every single chance that you get. There's a reason that Psalms 104 says to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. It's because when we set aside the pain and the anxiety for just a moment to let God know that we know he is as great as he is, 
he he sees that we aren't only worried about ourselves and that we care enough to still praise him when we're hurting not because we want victory but because he is good enough that even if we don't get the victory that we want it's okay that even if we don't get the victory that we want that we'll still love him it's okay to want victory everybody wants victory you'd be crazy if you didn't but our love for God can't be based on whether or not we get that victory. There's right. something I said a long time ago that every time I see it, I kind of cringe because I know I was 14 and didn't know what I was talking about. But I guess I knew what I was talking about. My dad posted on Facebook, and I saw it on my memories a while back. It said, we don't worship God to get better. We worship God because we love him. And even though I was 14 and stupid, I was right. <laughs> We have to fall in love with Jesus and know that he always knows what's best for us. Like Philippians 4 and 7 said, the peace that passes understanding, the peace that doesn't make sense. That's what that was about. I was just going to do the peace that passes understanding, but I wanted to do something clever. So that's all I came up with. (laughs) Philippians 4 and 7 said that the peace that passes understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that sounds great. The, that we'll get peace that doesn't make sense, that we will have peace even when everything around us doesn't seem like we should have peace. That sounds great, but there's a very important word there that would be very easy to overlook in Christ Jesus. Yeah. It's very important because it says our minds will be guarded, but only when it is in Christ Jesus when we are in God's will. And what that means is that if you're just living your life and doing whatever you want to do, you're not going to have the peace that doesn't make sense because if you're doing whatever you want to do, it wouldn't make sense for you to have peace because if you had peace when you were doing whatever you wanted to do, then you would just be comfortable in sin, and that's not somewhere that you want to be. It means that if we're straying from God, we, we can't have that peace because we aren't headed where God wants us to be headed. Amen. He isn't going to give us that peace that passes understanding after, if, we aren't pa- uh, if we aren't following after him and his will and the things that he wants for us. Because if we had that peace when you weren't living right, you will become comfortable and that's a one-way ticket to hell. And that's right. not a ticket that you want. God doesn't want us to be happy and pleased with our lives when we're not living to please him and we're living to please our flesh because he loves us. And if we aren't happy in sin, then we will never, and if we are happy in sin, we will never be what God has called us to be. We can't be what God has called us to be if we are running from him. Sometimes victory or The answer to the prayers you've been praying don't look anything like what you want them to look. Sometimes, sometimes victory looks like silence. Sometimes victory doesn't make a single sound and it just keeps us from something that we didn't know was coming. Sometimes that protection and that peace comes from when you drive down the road and God makes you have the feeling to turn a different way than you normally would because if you turn that other way, you would have been hit by a drunk driver and die. Sometimes it's just the peace that we know that God is looking out for us no matter what and that he is protecting us from things that we didn't even know that he was protecting us from. 
That's why we have to wake up every morning and thank God for everything around us. That's why we have to thank God for our trials because we never know what our trials may have kept us from. We never know what our trials may have created for us. We never know that a trial didn't change your life in such a way that it led you where you needed to be. When I was a teenager, I was always so worried about the fact that I was too shy to fit in with everyone around me. But now looking back at a lot of the things that were around me, I can see that if I were more outgoing and fit in a little bit better, I might have done a lot more things that I shouldn't have done. I struggled with depression, but now I can show people how they battle it. I can show people how they can overcome depression and they can live an abundant life. God sees the future. We don't. Sometimes we think we do. We can sit and we can wonder what life is going to be like all we want. We can sit and imagine the worst. We can make up silly, stupid scenarios in our head all the time. It does no good. And even if it does come true, it still didn't do any good because you just lost time that you'll never get back. We have to trust that he knows what's best for us no matter what happens, even if what happens is bad. Even if what he chooses doesn't look like what we thought our life should look like. God, who God has called you to be is always who you are meant to be. The world will tell you to follow your heart. But we have to follow God's heart. His heart will get, or your heart will get you in a situation that you don't need to be in. Your heart will lead you to toxic, abusive relationships. Your heart will lead you to the back of a car when you aren't married. Your heart will lead you to drugs and alcohol. Your heart will lead you to depression and suicide and self-harm. And that doesn't sound like it makes sense because if you're following what you want, why would you become depressed? It's because what you want isn't what God wants. And you were created to be who God called you to be. And if you're following what your flesh wants, You can't be who God has meant you to be. God's heart will always lead you to victory. God will lead you to a life of abundance where you can look back at your life and wonder how you ever lived like that. When you can look back at your life and you can now see that you can bless people. His plan isn't always the easy route. It's not always easy to follow God. Initially, his plan may hurt a lot more than if you had followed your heart. But in the end, his plan is always better. It may cause you to lose friends and boyfriends and girlfriends. It might cause you to lose popularity. But in the end, you will have that peace, the peace that doesn't make sense. When everything in life is coming against you, you will still feel peace that doesn't make sense. All you have to do... Is come to God with thanksgiving and praise and worship, even when life around you is falling apart, so that God can fulfill his purpose in you. And I know that it doesn't always feel like we are good enough for God to fulfill any kind of purpose in us. It doesn't feel like we're good enough, and because we think we're not good enough, we do all kinds of crazy things that we can just do to make it easier to push off the feeling. 
But God wants you to live a life where you're not anxious and you're not depressed. You're not scared all the time. God wants more for you. We, we can make up excuses all day long for why God can't use us. But at the end of the day, God can use anything. God made a donkey speak because a man of God wasn't doing what he should have done. And if God can use a stinky donkey, he can use you. I had, we were eating with a friend one time, and he said that some guy messaged him and told him that God, he, he had had a vision and that some guy, or that, not some guy, he had had a vision and this guy was telling him that their church was about to explode and they were going to have revival. And he was like, I don't know if I can trust this because I know this guy isn't living right. But then he was like, but God can use a donkey. <laughs> God can use anybody. It, it, Elijah struggled with depression. So did Jeremiah and David. And David is described as a man after God's own heart. But yet, he still struggled. Job was considered to be the only perfect man who ever walked the earth. And Job cursed the day that he was born. It doesn't matter how many times the devil tells you that you're not good enough or how many times you wish you weren't here. You are always good enough to be a child of God and to do what he has called you to do. I was afraid of this. That was really short. I'm done. <laughs> Texas, I know you haven't played the piano in a long time, but... <laughs> Drum solo for the altar call. What I want you guys to do during altar call is I want you to come up here and I want you to, instead of thinking about all the things that are wrong in your life, I want you to raise your hands and thank God for how good he is. It doesn't have to do with, any, it doesn't have to do, have to do with anything about your life. It, you don't have to thank God for your trials if you don't want to right now. Just come up front, raise your hands, and say, God, I thank you that you are the King of kings. I thank you that you are the Lord of lords. I thank you that you are the Prince of peace. You are strong. You are mighty. You are holy. You don't have to thank him for your struggles right now. Eventually, you'll have to, but you don't have to right now. Just for a second, Push those feelings aside and worship instead of cry. Amen. And if you sincerely do this, your entire life will change. And I know for a fact because I have done it. I have struggled with depression off and on for a really long time. And I know that when I make myself get up and walk around my house and thank God my whole day is better. And if I start every single day like that, what does that mean? My whole life will be better. This life is never going to be perfect. Because this life isn't supposed to be perfect. I was talking to Mama. I can't remember what we were talking about. I think we were talking about the Enneagram because that's all we ever talk about. <laughs> um talking to mama while we were packing up all of our stuff to move Saturday 
and I, we were talking about how it's okay to not be okay and she basically was saying that that's scary and I was saying but it's never gonna always be okay or there would be no point in heaven we just have to learn and gain the tools to learn how to be not okay. We have to learn how to worship through the pain. And we have to learn how to be who God has called us to be even when life is hard. I'm done.